0: Welcome to the Humanity Matters Broadcast. I'm Dr. Philip Fletcher, your host, where we discuss and reflect on theology, philosophy, nonprofit leadership, and social justice. This is the podcast where we wrestle with the important question, what does it mean to be human? What's going on, beautiful people? Dr. Philip Fletcher and have a sit-down discussion with Dr. Jay McDaniels and a new friend of mine, Chris, as we look at the idea of attention as it relates to the human experience. And so uh, this discussion is uh, philosophical, uh, really uh, learning experience, and I hope that you would learn something from it. We'll talk about everything from attention Uh, to stereotypes and labels and, you know, how does this affect one's life? So uh, take a listen, leave a comment, like, share, subscribe. You guys take care and God bless. And here is myself, Dr. Jay McDaniel and Chris discussing intention. Mike,
1: how you view reality, your worldview. You, are you an atheist? Are you an agnostic? Are you a theist? I'm interested in all that. But I'm actually interested in something more than that, that for me is actually kind of more important. And, and this little wheel names the variety of things that I'd call them qualities of heart or qualities of mind. Mm-hmm they are actually more important to me mm-hmm. than your beliefs. Mm-hmm. Completely uh, agree. And, and, but, but I want to run through them. Uh, and, and you guys have the cult co- let me see. So yeah, I'm, there's love over there. And there's meaning, quest for meaning. And there's openness. And there's peace, whatever in the world that is. And there's play and there's questing, and there's whatever that reverence. There's shadow. Shadow's really important. That's uh, being honest about uh, your shortcomings, the things you hide from, how you might harm others consciously or non-consciously, harm yourself. Uh, Transformation, are you open to change? Wonder, do you have a sense of amazement? <laughs> can you be amazed by things? Uh, mystery, that's the mystery. Uh, do you think everything can be put into a box or do you have a sense that there's always something unboxable about mm-hmm. life? Yearning, um, do you yearn for intimacy? you yearn for someone to love, someone to love you? It can be very private, very personal. You give you a sense of self-worth, mm-hmm. dignity. Give mm-hmm. uh, a sense. Can you say I mm. stand tall? Zeal. Do you kind of like life? <laughs> zest for life. You know, Van Gogh suffered tremendously, but he had kind of zest for life. You saw it in his paintings. The, the brilliant colors were something gorgeous about that, even amidst the suffering. Beauty, I like music. Can you hear something beautiful in a melody? Uh, Be present. If somebody's talking to you, can you listen? Can you throw away your agenda just for a little bit and say, You talk, I'll listen? Now, connections. Uh, friendships, family, neighbors, community. Devotion. Have you given yourself to something? Is there something that matters to you? A kind of cause, justice? <laughs> Enthusiasm. I went to see a play last night uh, about rock and roll. It was uh, at the rap. It was about Jerry Lee Lewis and Elvis Presley and Carl Perkins and Johnny Cash. Uh, yes, of course, they, they uh, stole a lot from black music, or, but they also they felt something. Jerry Lee in particular. He was wild as can be. But even enthusiasm. Mm. <laughs> you felt it. Faith, uh, personally, I don't think of that as just belief. Uh, faith is trust in something more. Now, you, you get the point. And so these things, I mean, what I'm trying to say is, I actually don't give a flip, whether you call this religion or spirituality. It doesn't matter to me. I, I think, and I'm happy to talk about that, but I think these things kind of matter. And so, I think we're here to talk about just one of them. Today, if we want to. It's just one in the alphabet, and it's called Attention. And this is a poem by Mary Oliver. And it it gets at just one of the letters in the alphabet, just attention. Forgive me for talking so much, but I want to read it Mm -hmm. to us, and then we'll see what we do with it. Uh, Who made the world? Who made the swan and the black bear? Who made the grasshopper? This grasshopper, I mean, the one who has flung herself out of the grass, the one who is eating sugar out of my hand, who's moving her jaws back and forth instead of up and down, who's gazing around with her enormous and complicated eyes. Now she lifts her pale forearms and thoroughly washes her face. Now she snaps her wings open and floats away. I don't know exactly what a prayer is, So it's the image of a person who walks through a field. Mm-hmm. And there's grasshopper. And she picks up the grasshopper. Mm-hmm. And there's a life with enormous complicated eyes. Mm-hmm. And a jaw that goes back and forth, not up and down. Yeah. And the grasshopper flies away. And all she does is pay attention. It, it's not... There's not judgment like good, bad, right, wrong, you know, it's just maybe amazing. You know, maybe beautiful, you don't need words. And so somebody can criticize her and say, you should have been doing something. You should have been busy. You should have been helping volunteer at work. You should have helped save the world. You should have a job. But she kind of speak, speaks back. And she says, uh, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? Isn't there space somewhere, isn't there room somewhere just for paying attention? And she says, I don't know what prayer is. I don't necessarily have a sense of a a someone, but isn't that a kind of prayer, (laughs) just to pay attention? Isn't that a kind of prayer? That's the point. And that's A is for attention in South Tibetan. I, I was wondering if you found attention important, interesting, something you wish you could do better, something you do too much of. <laughs> you know, I, there's no agenda here. Where does attention play? What role does it play? In my wild and precious life, in your wild and precious life?
2: Well, um, to start with, I don't think that there's one or more of these that are necessarily more important than the others. They're all, you know, parts of a whole that you need. Not all at the same time, but they all play important parts in your life. But attention, I think, is one that's kind of, you know, it, it spreads over this whole graph that we have in front of us that relates to all of the other ones. I mean, if you're not paying attention, how can you engage in these other parts of the spiritual alphabet? You know, and attention is mindfulness and appreciation to me you know, and relating to this poem, you know, you can appreciate a grasshopper. A lot of people would just stomp on it, spray your yard for them to get them out, you know, because they could be considered pests. And that may be a valid way of thinking if you're a farmer, whatever. But in this poem, you know, I thought it was a pretty nice poem because it's just the most simple thing, a grasshopper, and it's just this childlike wonder that she's able to use in her attention to pay to pay towards it as a grasshopper, and, you know, with the jaws going, Silence. you know, back and forth instead of up and down. Like, what an arbitrary observation! But it's, a, it's just as important of a question as some big geopolitical issue at the moment. Well, the issue of this grasshopper's jaws, in some way, could be considered just as important because it's just part. It's just part of nature. You know, um, and I think in our world, especially today, a lot of us have lost the ability to pay attention and be mindful, whether it's towards something big and important or insignificant, quote unquote, as a grasshopper. I mean, if you can exercise that attention, big or small, then you are kind of exercising your brain and your soul and your spirit. In the right way, and just appreciating things as they are, and that's—I don't know—that's how I would see it. Let's At- it let's attention.
1: I—I
2: I think uh,
0: working backwards. Uh, you know, I looked up this poem last night and read over it a couple of times mm-hmm. just to get a sense of what she was reflecting on. Mm-hmm. Uh, And uh, just her journey, I imagine uh, Miss Oliver, like you said, taking a walk. Mm -hmm. You know, she's reflecting on something she did earlier in the day or a couple of days ago, Mm -hmm. right? And uh, I think like anything, when we're seeking a getaway, right, uh, questions come up. You know, there's questions that's running all throughout. her writing either explicitly or implicitly. You know, it opens with a question, it ends with a question. Mm, that's right, it, does, uh, it You know, who made the world? And then she ends with, well, what about life? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I imagine you know, her trying to understand her place in this world that was made. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things that stuck out to me, and I was like, oh, that's good writing, right, mm-hmm. is uh, her paying attention to just the, this grasshopper specifically. And how this grasshopper is mm-hmm. manifested, like the mm-hmm. complexity of his eyes, mm-hmm. and then the mouth. Like I was like, oh, well, we move our mouths move mm-hmm. up and down, mm-hmm. and she says, what catches her attention is the mouth moving back, mm-hmm. Through, mm-hmm. side to side, and uh, and I thought that was beautiful because is she actually reflecting on herself still, mm-hmm. and how oh, yeah, how. I agree. How am I different? Mm. That's interesting than this grasshopper, you know and so attention uh, when we pay attention to these different things that's mm. going on in the world where they're living or non-living things or events that you're talking about, um, what does that mean for us and our place mm. in this world and how am I supposed to understand? who I am as a human being, mm. and the only way to do that is to take a moment and pause, right, mm. with our whole being. I mean, he talks about you know, your, mm. your body, your soul, your spirit, you know, your whole who you are, and look, okay, who am I? I don't have an answer to that fully, but uh, <laughs> it's just something as simple as her going on a walk. Uh, begins this this self-reflection that's going on. And and it's brought up a question for me, am I paying attention to myself mm-hmm. and who I am, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, as well as some of the other things?
1: Because
0: mm-hmm. I, would, I would think one of the issues is, we're not paying attention to ourselves. And because we're not paying attention to ourselves, it's easier to pay attention to these things that "Quote unquote," maybe not matter. Yeah, yeah. I do. Yes.
1: I do. I do think this yeah. makes a difference. I mean, I do yeah. think these these really yeah. make a difference. I inhib, to my mind, inhibit my capacity to pay attention just to what's right in front of me because I'm perpetually distracted.
2: And for the purpose there's, of there's,
1: there's always the possibility that I can be connected in a way I'm not immediately connected text, email, or some news. So I do want to the role of technology vis-a-vis the spirituality of attention.
2: Yeah, and I just wanted to interject real quick. For the purpose of your recording, we're pointing at our cell phones and how they relate to attention. And I talked about this with Jay the other day. I think, actually, in that, you know, Nothing is black and white in this world, really. I mean, there's so much gray and there's so Mm. much nuance. Mm. And a lot of people like to see these things as the devil. A lot of people, Mm. they can't live without them. Mm. But there's so much gray that comes Mm. with this and technology in general that affect attention positively and negatively. I think... I'm kind of a pessimist, to be honest, and sometimes I feel like it's sometimes more negative than positive, but all it takes is one little thing to pop up on that screen in front of you and for you to really just pay attention to it. For me right now, it's you know people having babies and my brother posting a picture of his house and it's just mm. like you stop right there, you stop scrolling, and you pay attention to this you know however many pixel wide, however many pixel tall image on your phone And you pay attention to that, and it really gives you a sense of connection. Mm -hmm. And you know, that's just the short of it, really. Um, But there's so much bad that comes along with it, too. And we're just kind of all flying by the seat of our pants when it comes to these these things. But attention, I think, is very key with all of these letters of the alphabet. You know, I think it is
1: kind of an underlying important Mm -hmm. part of the alphabet. With Chris, that I mean, I know you probably did this
0: as a mixed bag. Uh, The technology, yeah, yeah. I think any does it go one way or the other? I think, I think, any technology, I typically view it as just a a morally neutral instrument, Mm -hmm. exactly like a fork, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you went from a stick. Yeah. to a to a fork you know a stick and a fork can be used to nourish you mm. or, or to another degree you can use it to harm somebody with mm. right um, it all what are you going to do with that instrument this technology mm. and I think uh, these phones that we've got around our table uh, one yes I completely agree it can cause us to draw our attention in to what's going on in somebody's life mm. or some event that's halfway around the world that you know, previously, it would take us a couple of days mm-hmm. to know that it ha- had happened. And by now, something else has happened. Uh, so it can draw us in. But it also, it can draw our attention into negative things, mm-hmm. right? And, and it, ex- it can expose people for things that's already in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, because for that moment, I can use this instrument mm-hmm. to say something to somebody and because of distance, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth, I feel as if I'm absolved of any consequence of that. Mm-hmm. But it actually, I believe, uh, in that case, it it just magnifies what's already going on in you mm-hmm. for the for the bad, but also it can magnify what's going on in you for the
1: good. Uh, well, let, it, let me ask uh, you all. So... Actually, I'm not going to ask another thing. I'm going to ask another question. So at the end, she uses a line that's been quoted by many, many, many people. Uh, What is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? Uh, The grasshopper's got that kind of life. Uh, And you do, too. I do, too. And so one question is, why does she use the word wild? And, and let me let me put it in in, okay. in your context. Well, he and I were talking about dignity, human dignity. Um, that's the spirituality of you. I am somebody, and you are and you are too. Mm-hmm. Your Facebook post yesterday, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. I'm a man. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- there's a quest to say, here I am. Mm-hmm. I matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Respect me. I respect you, Mm -hmm. the the sense of dignity, I I vote yes on that. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But it's kind of spirituality of you, and and combined with maybe a justice dimension, Mm -hmm. whatever. But um, does my dignity, does your dignity, does your dignity include a dimension that's not just precious but also wild? And and what is the wild part of, of dignity? Why that word? Why didn't she just say, "What do you plan to do with your one precious life?" You mm-hmm. know, I mean, she could have just left it at that. Mm-hmm. But she added that word "wild." What do you think she had in mind?
2: Well, I guess I can go first on that one. Uh, but I agree that it's—I uh, don't know who is the originator of that phrase—but she said it's been quoted a lot. She is. And oh, okay. It's visible. It's visible. Okay. That's great. Um, Well, wild, I think is a very appropriate word, very accurate word, because like you said earlier, we're all on this shit together. Mm -hmm. None of us have a monopoly on, you know, spiritual knowledge, intellectualism or whatever. We're all humans, whether you're from the trailer parks or whether you're from Upper East Side of Manhattan. We're all just humans. And wild is you are here now stuck in the present you can live in the past or you can worry about the future but you know I think wild kind of relates to just being here in the now and appreciating that you don't you really don't know what the heck's going to happen next you can have yeah. an educated guess yeah. and get out your and max charts and c- calculate solutions but you don't know And if you can appreciate that fact that you really don't know, and have that, and not be scared of it, you know, that's kind of what I guess the Mm -hmm. wild part of it would be to me, is to appreciate the unknown, and look forward to it, rather than be fearful or anxious of it. Mm -hmm. And I I would uh, add, uh,
0: it's a sense of not being able to be in control, because... I don't have the answer. She doesn't have the answers, right? She's on this walk, asking, asking these questions uh, and she doesn't have the answers. Um, and so because of that, there is, uh, like Chris said, it's not a black and white world, all right? And so uh, from one moment to the next, we are in this position of, uh, if I make this decision, it may go for my good or bad. If I make this decision, it can go this other direction. What am I supposed to do? And there's always going to be this level of uh, anxiety, this level of, of, of doubt, of question, uh, because you just don't know. You know? And so they're, you're, you're like on an uneven, it's just like a roller, you know, a roller coaster or something like that you're walking on. It's just not stable, right? And so we use those terms like they're a wild child. Or, uh, I remember I grew up in California, Wild River Country, right? And Or, you know, the Wild River Country down on, in Little Rock. Um, because it's just not straightforward. It doesn't, it's not gonna hit all your expectations. So, um, I always like to say, life has a vote in, in what you do. And more often than not, life is about to overrule your vote. Uh, and,
1: I, I want to. I mean, I, I like what y'all are saying, and I, I'm I'm learning from it. I, I want to. I have another way to think of wild. that's complementary, but not not contradicting, contradicting what you're saying. But have you? Uh, I I know you have because I know you. I bet you have too. I bet I do too. Have you ever fallen into a way of living? Where you're trapped by your own stereotypes of yourself. In other words, you've got uh, yeah, you've got your sense of identity. It's either the identity forced upon you that people expect you to be, or in reaction to that you've created your own identity to hell with what they think, you know. But one way or another. You've got yourself some labels that are your markers. Mm -hmm. This is who I am. This is who I am. I know myself. But it seems to me that the dignity in us always eludes, or is more than even our own self-concept. And sometimes we can be trapped by our own chosen self-concept. Okay. I'm gay. Okay. I'm Christian. Okay. I'm American. Okay, why? That's I'm largely true, not the gay part, but largely true. But I'm I'm actually more gay. And I don't know what the hell I am, but I think it's more than that. Mm. But I can I can be so stuck in my self-concept that I don't know my wildness. Mm. I'm out of touch with it. With something in me that we can't quite be tamed by the self concept. Mm-hmm. Excuse me for rattling on you, but do you all ever face anything like that? Definitely I do. Um, and
2: this is took grew me up with all that. Yeah, I'm gay uh, for the purpose of this, but this goes back to language, and it is the most valuable tool that we have mm-hmm. as humans. I think that. You know, nothing is truly separate, but if we are going to separate ourselves from other animals and things that we know on this planet, there are animals that have language, but our language, as far as we know, is just so complex and of such a you know, magnitude that it just blows my mind. And when I was in school, though the, for the classes that I loved the most, got perfect scores on all of the English tests, and I loved my Spanish classes. But language, although we love it, and it's the most useful tool we have, I think, it also really gets us in this tendency that's kind of maybe not good all the time to attach labels to everything, and we all want to neatly fit in our boxes because we love order, generally, and we want to get away from chaos and if we can assign these labels to ourselves right. then we belong to a community. And right. pe- people want to belong to their community even if it's a wrong label like say you're in a, a terrorist organization or the KKK they're getting their satisfaction from their labeling of themselves and their group identity and but that's that's a negative side of it. You know, but on the positive side, you can belong to your church or whatever, and you get your sense of community from that. And I have a lot of trouble with labeling. People want to say, well, what are you? You know, are you this? Are you that? And sometimes I don't have the answer. Sometimes I do have the answer. But even if I do, I want to ask them in a polite way, why does it matter? You know, why do you want to know that? You know, I can tell you. But can't you just appreciate me and us together here right now for what we're doing as opposed to needing to assign labels and disengage your brain from critical thinking by attaching labels to everything instead of doing the work yourself and assessing what kind of person this other person is. So that's kind of my thoughts about that. It goes back to language and boxing things in.
1: Well,
0: I don't disagree on language. Uh... You said you do or you don't? I don't. I don't. Yeah, no. Uh, I like words. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Words. <laughs> yeah. words are beautiful. Yeah. Uh, I think words you know, help us paint a picture of what's going on in the inside of us and what we see in the world. Uh, I think as far as uh, fighting against stereotypes that uh, one imposes on oneself, um, wow, that's so... Complex because uh, those are a multitude of voices in yeah. your head, they're like from whenever you, whatever situation you had growing up, uh, whoever's in your household, and what was said to you, uh, the environment that you grew up in, you know, your neighborhood, so on and so forth. Uh, those voices, either explicitly or implicitly, they're speaking to you, right? And you walk away, like, okay, I am. Blah, 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 right? Uh, And then I think it's only through questions, again, going back to Ms. Oliver, uh, questions, paying attention to ourselves, we begin to challenge uh, those ideas about ourselves and and ask ourselves, is this true about me? Uh, What is true about me? What is false about me? Right, so we're going through that situation, but then... once you step out that door, then you've got a host of other voices uh, seeking to put you in a box, like Chris said. You know, and so every day I, I feel as if uh, you are addressing stereotypes. Uh, and sometimes, and speaking as a, as a black man, uh, there have been times where the use of a stereotype has been to my benefit. Mm-hmm. And uh, there have been other times where I have uh, been very explicit that you're not about to put me in your stereotype uh, at the end of the day. And so uh, I think part of it becomes uh, situational, you know, and speaking from my experience, uh, I remember moving here and being told uh, by more than a couple of people, oh, you're a different black man. What's there by implication, you know?
2: You don't know if they realize what they're even saying. saying, Right, right. So, you know, what you're saying
0: is you have this idea about uh, who a black man is and what uh, he does, right? And I sit outside here, you know? Uh, And so I take pleasure in actually exploding that stereotype every time that I get it. Like, it is, is is a... beautiful satisfaction to me because I want people to understand um, that stereotypes, for largely the most part, are not helpful. Now I can understand in a a situation where maybe uh, you have a sense of danger or something like that where you need to make a decision, but in the normal everyday course of life, uh, like Chris said, I want you to approach me as a person. I okay. get to understand who I am and what I think and, and, and feel, and actually understand, more than likely, whatever stereotype you've got about me belonging to this specific group, I actually still don't fit into that stereotype. Well,
1: I think, um, uh, I think about, I think it was about last year, um, I met someone that had just gotten out of prison and that maybe he would committed a a pretty horrible crime. He was black, by the way. And I was in the group with him, and somebody said, we're not gonna ask you what you did. And he said, thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thank you so much. Because he knew that If we had known what he did, that would have become a stamp that we put on him that would not have allowed him to grow into more than whatever he had done. Mm -hmm. But I got the sense when he said that, that he too struggled with that, Mm -hmm. you know. Am I the person, I mean yes I was, I did do that, but is that all that I am? Mm -hmm. You know, am I just only uh, an ex con that did that horrible thing. Is that, all, is that all I am? So I wanted him to claim his wildness. Wildness is a metaphor for you're not reducible to the worst thing you ever did in your life. Yeah, I don't think people... I think and, and, and you're not reducible even to how you now understand yourself. You can grow into somebody, and probably already are, That that's not limited to right now. So I think to claim... To, to, to my mind it can be important for us to say I'm not even who I understand myself to be mm-hmm. it's not just who you understand mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm always a little bit more mm-hmm. than my own self understanding I don't know if that
2: makes any sense to think so, of of course and some people would find that an uncomfortable thought to think of themselves and I don't mm-hmm. uh, some people would find it a, a nice thing to think about you know um and it kind of goes back to, you know, how secure and how closed off you are, but I don't feel that way. I appreciate the fact that I may not understand who I am or who I will become, but, you know, that's just part of the journey of your wild and precious life, and So so, yeah. you know... It's a positive thing to me to not understand. I mean, claiming to understand. The people that are the loudest in the room and that claim to know the most are the ones that I I avoid. Right. Now, what about the people that claim to know who
1: they are?
2: Well, I don't necessarily doubt it because they know themselves more than anyone. But, <laughs> I, but, but I, I think there's a way... Of, I I, think, I still have this hearing, yeah. you know, do you really? I, wonder.
0: I think there's a... Echoing Chris, I think there's a way I think you can discern someone who's confident about who they are, but also they understand they're still growing and understanding who they are, not the... the, the Bombastic, pompous, yeah. kind of got their chest out. Because I agree with Chris, I can identify in that brief moment. Yeah, yeah you you're actually more secure in your your bombacity, and who you. If I were to take that from you, I think you would be like, "Who yeah. am I?" Whereas a person who is just just chill, you know, and is just going through life and interacting with people, uh, it's like James Brown says. Dull knife cutting, talking loud and saying nothing. What's that again? Chase Brown. Yeah. The dull knife cutting, talking loud and saying <laughs> nothing. Yeah. So.
2: What's what? Do you know like what song that's from? Or uh, yeah. I've got a couple of his albums. In do it. you? Oh man, movies. I have to text you. But listen, yeah, he's great. Yeah.
0: But um, Back- the payback. That's oh,
2: I, yeah. I have that one. Yeah. Yes, I love yeah, that. Man. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to go on a tangent about things, since I know we have limited time. But when people talk about, you know, boxing you in, I, I want to go back to something that I already said that I think is really important, which is they are disengaging the critical thinking part of mm-hmm. the brain when they want to do that. And yes, it's helpful to label mm-hmm. things for purposes of posterity and organization because that's just what living organisms do Mm -hmm. build organized systems Mm -hmm. but they're disengaging the part of their brain that really they could be using to acknowledge you as an individual Mm -hmm. and themselves as an individual Mm -hmm. and what kind of relationship can we form with each other instead I'm just going to turn off my brain and say oh well you're a black man but you're You're not what I thought of as a black man. That's, like I said, they don't realize what they're saying is offensive, but it really is. And people have said things like that to me. You know, I didn't know you were gay. I would have never thought. It's like, well, I don't know whether to say I appreciate that, or I don't know what to say to that. But, you know... (laughs) I feel you. It's like I I just kind of—I felt the same way, like yeah. I just kind of sit there and acknowledge it, and I know that they don't mean harm by that. Mm -hmm. It's—they truly are expressing their curiosity. They just don't know how, yeah, because they may be a straight white, you know, check all the normal boxes in the column, and those people don't really branch out a lot, especially in this part of the world. You know, they don't mean bad by it. Mm-hmm. They just don't know how to go about it. Mm-hmm. And well, it's people like you and I that can react with positivity and constructive feedback mm-hmm. instead of anger and mm-hmm. resentment. That's mm-hmm. where progress comes from. Yeah.
1: Uh, I would think that's very hard to do sometimes. You well, know, Maybe you guys are really good at it. It's what a what muscle you that you like, have to exercise. Exercise, yeah.
0: yeah. I think yeah. You, you, have, you have to make the choice. uh, From my vantage point I want to make the choice of Leaving this individual uh, With a different experience And that Over time uh, As I do that multiple times You know it becomes second nature But hopefully as multiple people see that They could do that themselves Uh, One one
1: thing Chris you said I'm going to watch One thing you said that I don't think pushback is the right word, but I want you to to hear hear me out on what I'm trying to say. When I get to know you, or I get to know Mm -hmm. you, I want to bring with with my approach to you. I want to be present to you as, Mm -hmm. as best I can, and I know I'm going to bring all kinds of what my background and everything, social class, everything. But I want to have what I would call an I don't know mind. In other words. If you identify as gay, um, so be it. But I don't want to look at you through through that filter. I just want to look at you as who presents yourself to me right now, uh, with whatever emotions you have and ideas you have, you know, whatever. I'm not looking for a way to put you in a box. It's who is it that's coming forth to me now. And to do that, I've got, it, I've got it in a way not, this can sound kind of funny, it's not a matter of critical thinking. It's not a matter of, um, gee, I want to think more clearly about you in the future, so I'll bracket things. It's a little different from that. It's, I don't think whatever, whatever categories I end up with you for, I'm not looking for. Actually, that's not exactly what I'm looking
2: for. They're not that important. I, I'm not
1: looking for that. And and I think the word you use, you know, you search for words. Dignity is a nice one. But you, I want to let you be you, and I always want to be able to say, I don't know who that is. Because then then I'll be surprised, you know. Then you have the opportunity to voice forth in whatever way is true to you. And I'm not looking for a pigeonhole. So I, I don't mean pushback and push cruelty, but it's not like I'm looking for a way to think better. It's like I'm looking for a way to be more empathic, compassionate. I, I understand. Reverent- exactly reverential, what you're you know, inter- connected. And so it, I, I got to have the I don't know mind. Do you see what I mean by the I don't know mind? Mm-hmm. That's definitely. I don't think that's the whole of it, but I think that's part of it. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Do you understand?
0: I do understand. I do. I think uh, um, you know. I, I find it uh, curious as I have discussions like this. Um, sometimes people make apologies uh-huh. for everything that they, they bring to the table, right? Yeah. So, like for instance, she said, "You know, it's her social class and, right. and all that." And well, I and I listen to that, and I hear, I want. For you to bring that to the table ah. right? because it's important. So, like even in my work, yeah. I want someone who's in an impoverished situation, yeah. who's grown up in that. I want them to bring all of that of who they are to the table because that has made them who they are, and that gives me a better understanding of who they am, who they are. Even though they are not just yeah. poor, right? They yeah. they are a, echoing what you kind of said at the yeah. beginning. They are a multitude of of experience that. Yes. Have, that has shaped them up to at least this point. Right. And, um, uh, and so I want to hear and understand right. all of that so I can better understand who is this person sitting across the table from me, you know, uh, you know, and so even in, you know, so you're talking Chris about you are, you know, Chris is, uh, and this is how I run through my mind, right? This Chris is a human being who's a white male, who, uh, identifies as gay he has, he's not employed right now but oh he also said he's helping his brother yeah. like all when I'm looking at you I'm looking at Chris mm-hmm. but all of those things yes. I'm, I'm taking into consideration as I'm because for me that's honoring right. who Chris is and all of that that he mentioned at some level is important to him uh, and I want to honor that just like I want somebody to honor me. Yeah in the same way like uh, when someone has looked at me and said, "Oh, I'm colorblind." And I'd be like, "God dang it, I want it's you bad. to see my beautiful brown skin." Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> and because that's part of who I am, and my how people have responded to my brown skin, good or bad, has shaped who I am as an individual. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the I don't knows the, the I don't that's know mine that you are that's talking different. about is accompanied with the things that I do know. I think, yeah,
1: yeah. You're looking for, I'm looking for some way to say. I, I agree with you completely. Yeah. So, how to find the language to say, actually, both are really important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what the language is, yeah. but I, I'm on board with you on that. Yeah. And that includes me. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. I get a little weary of apology, uh, mm-hmm. like a, the culture of apology. Yeah. Uh, say whatever you want to say, but always apologize for whatever social conditions <laughs> you're bringing <laughs> to what you're <laughs> <say. laughs> I Did this thing which you want to say? It's okay.
2: Well, I'm a big believer, and it's easier to ask for forgiveness than permission, you uh, know, and so when people apologize... But... But and this goes back to what you said earlier about cell phones you know, it's, what did you say, it's a neutral instrument yeah. or something, these languages and these words can be neutral mm-hmm. instruments and, mm-hmm. and there's kind of a duality mm-hmm. you know they help me understand who you are but obviously like we said it's not the whole of you mm-hmm. and I want to come at you with this I don't know mind while still having yeah. a, a base understanding of who you present as on the outside so, it's a, it's definitely a neutral tool, um, and people can use it for positive or negative ways. I see gay people and black people, and they identify it as that, and they latch onto it so hard, mm-hmm. and they're so fearful to explore other parts of who they might be mm-hmm. that it's unhealthy, you know? Like, you're not just a black guy. You're not just someone that's really short, you know? You're so much more than that, mm-hmm. but... You know, I guess they wouldn't be proud of identifying as short and be the tall people that would be the ones that, you know, latch on them and be, it would be how they describe themselves. Mm -hmm. First thing they say, but I don't know that the language also can be a neutral
0: This has been humanity matters podcast, discussing and reflecting on theology philosophy, leadership, and nonprofits. For more information, visit our website, philipfletcher.org. Or you can shoot us an email, leave us a comment, email us at humanitymatterspodcast at gmail.com. Like us on YouTube under Humanity Matters. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. If we remember to live in hope, we can do the impossible.